When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yo, and welcome to the 47th episode of Lake of Rage, a Pokemon trading card game podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kevin Clementi, a.k.a. Mellow underscore Magikarp. I'm joined today by two very special guest hosts. They haven't been here for a while, and we all know why. But joining us once again is Locke, a.k.a. The Locke. Yo. And Boo, or Grant, a.k.a. Boo underscore CK. Yo, yo. So we got a very special episode for you today. Brilliant Stars coming out soon, PTCG Live coming out soon, but more importantly, Regionals coming back in a couple of weeks. So today's episode, we're going to be talking all things Regionals, beyond the meta, beyond the card game, well, I guess some of the card game part, but beyond the what deck do I play part, how, why, what, when, what do you do, where do you do it, how do you do it, etc. That is our current plan. In addition to that, we're also going to cover some news real quick. And that is, you've seen it before, if you go to podcasts for news, that's uh, not, it's not the best choice. But if you missed it, League Cups and League Challenges are confirmed not to be happening for the 2022 season. That means TPCI has announced that there will be no Cups and no Challenges up until at the very least Worlds, which is presumably in August. They haven't announced anything, but it's in August. It's always in August. So for those of you who are like, oh, I'm going to get my invite off of locals you might have to rethink that we'll find out for sure i am 100 percent expecting another announcement coming this week or maybe next week talking about the invite stuff because there's no way they keep it at 500 cp for all these new players and they have to go to like five regionals to get there so i'm expecting some stuff for that i don't know if you two have any thoughts on the cups and challenges announcement but uh they ain't happening this year yeah so they- <laughs> all right so uh if you played in 2017 what they did i think it was because they were transitioning from the old system from like states and stuff to like the new cups and regionals format they just bumped what all the regionals were worth instead so all the regionals instead of giving you a straight like 200 cp if you win a regional they just made it all the points more so they could still do that and keep it at 500 CP for this year and just make regionals more, you know. Grant, um, you're the person with zero CP, so. Yeah. I've, got, I've, got, I've got some. I went to a couple of cups and a couple of challenges. So I think I'm like in 60 or 70. But I think, yeah, without like a big finish, even if I go to all the regionals, um, I don't think I'd qualify for worlds if they don't do some sort of uh adjustment to that yeah there's like there's no way they keep it as it currently is locks theory makes a lot of sense of just like what if you just double triple whatever the points i don't know what that would actually math be i don't get paid enough to figure that out but you know winning a regional should get you to worlds literally every year i think i've always thought it was strange how i think it was jw uh flex righteous 
missed his world's invite, even though he won a regional in a year. And it's just like, that just shouldn't happen. Like he shouldn't have yeah. to grind <laughs> in order to get there. Like you should just do it. And so I'm, I'm all for that change. That sounds great. But from a regional perspective, uh, I'm looking at the regional schedule right now. And for anyone who doesn't know, Salt Lake, March 18th through 20th. Indiana. Gross. Indianapolis. There we go. May 6th through 8th. <laughs> nothing in April. New Jersey, May 20th through 22nd. Vancouver, 27th through 29th. And Milwaukee, June 17th through 19th. And then NAIC. That's for NA. For everyone outside of NA, I'm sorry, but we're all from NA. Uh, good luck on your season. That's not many regionals, yeah. even if they double yeah. or triple the points. <laughs> yeah. You have to fly. Five to uh, top 256 is 150 points. Yeah. You got to. So <laughs> what are we doing here? So I'm super curious what they're actually going to do with that. Uh, I tweeted out my conspiracy theory about what if PTCG Live has some sort of way to give CP. I don't know if that's actually going to be true or not. I can only hope. But also. They're only giving us a beta, which tells me <laughs> there's a good chance that's not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's something has to happen. So for anyone freaking out, because I know I've got locals who are like, I'm 10 CP away from getting my invite. And it's like, well, something will happen. Like, you can't go to no events and get your. That's just not how math works. Right. But like. Just go play the game, go have fun. Regionals are a heck of a lot of fun. So whichever one of these is nearest to you, I recommend going no matter what. And uh, I guess we're going to get into that. A little bit next on the regional discussion so we only have five well six i guess naic six events in north america europe has four events wait does uic even exist yeah okay so they have euic yeah, plus like, three Germany. regionals yeah. so yeah uh there's there's not that many uh latam currently has two scheduled oceania has three including brisbane's gonna be the first regional the week before salt lake city which is kind of cool but anyway, let's go ahead and uh, we're going to talk about regionals a bit. So, Boo, you admitted you've never been to any. You're kind of the newbie to help guide us and ask us questions. Yeah, I mean, I've I've gotten a little bit of info so far. Um, you know, we we've booked the room and the and the flights. Um, so, like, what what's like the optimal time to to get in? You know, uh, do you want to get there early or or is you know a lot of people work on Friday, right? Yeah, I think this is one where Locke and I might have very different opinions because of our jobs. Uh, I don't get days off. I Because, like, right, I'm a teacher. For anyone who's listening to the podcast first time or whatever and doesn't know, I get a ton of days off. I just don't get to choose when they exist. Like, I get <laughs> breaks, right? And so I don't actually get days off, so I have to work on the Friday every single time. I can't call in sick because if I call in sick and then my name shows up on Limitless, I can get in trouble. So uh, I show up at like 10 p.m. to midnight on the Friday the night of, which is, it's fine. It's never hurt me, I don't think, as far as uh, placements go, but I don't recommend it a whole lot. But if you're like me and you're like, oh, I have to work on Friday, isn't even worth it. You know, I'm going to get like six hours of sleep. Yes, it totally works. But uh, Locke, yeah. how about you? Um, Usually I go by ticket price of... Uh... If the morning flight's cheaper than the afternoon or late night flight, then I take the morning flight. If it's, I usually just take whatever's cheaper. But there, there are some advantages of going early. Um, one, I actually do get like really bad motion sickness, so like I just get like a lot of lag or like like just like jet lag even like the very next morning. So you know, 
if you get in earlier, it kind of helps that. But two, um, you do show up that Friday. You can actually just pay up your like your swag bag usually that Friday as well, and then um, you don't have to wait in like a giant line on Saturday morning or whatever. Yeah, that's another thing that I guess is actually important. Uh, shout out to the two people who are going to be rooming with me. Uh, spoiler: I love to get to the venue really early, so I don't have to wait in that long line. So you can go the Friday of. I've never actually done that in my life. But the Saturday, you can pick up your swag bag, which includes the playmat. It includes sleeves, usually, you know, whatever sponsors are there, a promo card. There's like a ton of stuff. And it kind of gives you a rundown of like, hey, here's the QR code for the RK9 pairings or whatever. And so that line gets very long, like very, very long. Like most people will not pick it up because they will just kind of run out of time and then they'll have to go later on to go grab that. So that's another thing that uh, is actually pretty important there of like, Go pick that up on Friday if you can, if you want it. There's no reason not to want it. I have 85 play mats that I've gotten from regionals and winning league cups and whatever. <laughs> I love all of them. I rotate through. One is my mouse pad right now. Pick it up. The promo card. If you don't like it, just go sell it for like 10 bucks or whatever. That pays for some of your entry fee back. The mat is probably going to be harder to sell because 300, 600, 1,000 people, depending on how big the regional is, all have it as well. And you don't actually play with it usually, but still, it's nice. You have it. You can give it away. Use it as a mouse pad. There's usually some good stuff in there. So that's something else that I actually completely forgot about. And if you're like me and you like to travel with as little as possible, I only use the regional play mats. I've never brought my own play mat to a regional before, just because I always use the one from the swag bag <laughs> that you get the day before or the morning before. Did they I used the one from the last regional. <laughs> Uh, that's just because everybody everybody will have the same that same exact playmat from this regional so i always use the previous regionals playmat no that's the best icebreaker you look down you got your arceus read or uh playmat because it's always a uh, pack art right so i'm assuming yeah. it's going to be arceus this time you got your arceus playmat you look down your opponents you're like oh hey nice and then you don't say anything the rest of the game it's the perfect icebreaker <laughs> Do you uh do do they provide dice and and all that stuff like in the swag bag? Because if you just come with sixty cards, can you play? Oh, that's a good question. So sometimes, yes, I've been to regionals before where they do, but most of the time they charge for any dice. Uh, damage counters have never been provided, but like coin flip dice, I've had before where they're in there, but usually no. And off of that, don't be the person who doesn't bring damage counters and has to use your <laughs> opponents. Pokemon have too much HP. I don't have enough damage counters for both of us. So don't be that person. Bring damage counters. Bring a coin flip dice as well, for sure. Know what a coin flip dice is? I've had people take my damage counter off of my Pokemon, only at regionals. My damage counter. Roll it as a thing, and then be like, oh, it's heads. And I'm like, that's A, not a coin flip dice. B, that's my damage counter. Stop being bad at this game. And then have to reflip it. So no coin flip dice. Uh, if you're unsure, they are translucent-ish dice. They come in ETBs, so that's the best place to get them. But they're translucent. You can kind of see through them. For those who don't know what translucent means, which includes myself. And so you have to flip with one of those. If you flip with a damage counter dice, one of the normal six-sided dice you pick up at like Walgreens or whatever, then uh, that does not count. Your opponent can happily call you out. They can also let you keep it as a tails. So it's literally a lose-lose if you try and do that. Uh, Evie asked um, the numbered uh, dice, like TC Evolutions, or the dots, like you just held up. What do you guys prefer? I'm going to let Locke go first on this one. 
Uh, generally, I do like the uh, six dots, but this was before VMAXs, so <laughs> my opinion might change on it now. But uh, I think also, like, it took for people for all my opponents forever to find the exact number when they had the uh, number dice. Uh, I think some of our locals actually did find a better solution when they had, like, different colors for, like, the small, medium, and large HPs. So, but oh. generally, if you have, like, three sets of them, they're all the same color, it takes people forever to find the correct dice. <laughs> yes. I bought the TC Evolutions right before, like, literally, like, the week before uh, everything was canceled. Um, but I did that. I bought different <laughs> colors for the different sizes. And I've, I've played, like, a couple of uh, locals, you know, unsanctioned type stuff since then, and I didn't really have a problem with them. That's If that solution works, that's good. I am a huge proponent of time management at a regional, and exactly what Locke said, if you take more than half a second to put your damage counters down, like, it's not literally. I am just going to be annoyed. <laughs> if you can't even figure out which dice has the correct number on it, or you don't know what numbers are on your dice, be better. Like, it's not that hard. Uh, no, learn how to count by sixes, preferably two. Oh, that's another huge pet peeve. Don't put fives. It's a six-sided dice. Don't be like, uh, 200 damage, four fives. No. Go with three sixes and a two. I know it's stupid. You don't got to be... <laughs> this is Mellow being old and curmudgeon you got to be quick. So if you know, if you can use the big damage counter dice, if you know which one you're grabbing, and you're like, okay, 130, I've got the 130 dice on this side versus, oh, let me look through every single dice and figure out which one has 130 on it. Oh, none of them have 130, but this one has 120 and this one has 10, so I can go there. No, it should be a very quick action. Just do the thing. We don't have that much time. 50 minutes is not enough time to finish three complete games of Pokemon, even in this format. So be faster. <laughs> Whichever one you can do quickly. And please use sixes. I know that's so stupid, but like, use this. The sixes are there for a reason. If you can't count by six, it's the amount of fingers you have on one hand. You'll be fine. So, everyone going, you can take notes here on easy ways to tilt mellow uh, and gain <laughs> a slight advantage, uh, whether you need it or not. Um, that'll be seen. But no, because uh, I, I, will, I will anti tilt them. Or retilt them by moving their damage counters to sixes. Happily. That's, that's fair. <laughs> what about uh, abilities used? I know they have those little markers. Or do you tilt your cards? Oh, I love the ability used markers. Uh, shout out to Laser Snake Emporium. Uh, she was the one who created them, and the TC Evolutions ripped her off. I'll always say that because Lucy is a local and a judge and just such a nice person. Uh, I'm a huge fan. I played a lot of Zoroark when I first started, and tilting the cards, the board gets so messy so fast. So I'm just a fan of throw the ability use marker on there and then you take it off after the turn ends and it just makes everything so freaking clean. Uh, yeah, I'm a big ability use marker fan. Lock. Oh, I just I just memorize stuff, but uh, sometimes you could. I also see people use the um, those like plastic flip coins from like the ETBs or whatever and use that as the uh, ability markers as well. So. If you want to cheap out and not pay for the uh, metal ones. <laughs> lock strategy yeah. does, in fact, work. But I will also say, if I play against someone like Locke, this is a recommendation for anyone who's playing against someone who just memorizes. Don't just trust them. 
keep track of their yeah. abilities as well. I'll have like a dice if there's like four Zoroarks on the field where I'll be like, okay, one trade, two trade. I, I don't trust anyone. I'll, once I leave the locals, I become such a like, not a rule <laughs> shark, but it's like, I'm going to make sure that you actually are doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, this is, uh, is going to be an interesting one because we have so many abilities with Inteleon, uh, now the V-Star, um, and then also the damage calculations with the double or the turbo twin, whatever, minus 20 plus the choice band or belt plus 30 and then all the pings and all that it's going to be you really got to keep track of it right oh for sure there's a lot of just like things and i think casting the locals that we have no one's cheating there it's just a four fun tournament right like the prizing is minuscule and it's still people are missing very obvious things of like double supportering or quick shooting twice with the same pokemon you know just like these things of like just keeping track is so important and one more reason why I think Locke's thing is incorrect, unless you're like very bright, which it probably works for Locke. You will never forget to use an ability if you use ability use markers. I see people sure. all the time forget to like quick shooting or stuff. And it's like, I look down right before I attack. It's like, I don't have an ability used on my quick shooting. 20 damage somewhere. So let's go back real quick to the uh, arriving for a regional because I wanted to mention. The flight stuff. So Salt Lake, buy the flight now or don't buy it at all. Like it's it's too late to get a good deal. It's as cheap as it's gonna get, probably. But I don't know if Locke or even Boo, you've flown before in your life. What are some tips you have for finding affordable flights or as affordable as you can get? Well, uh, for this one I just booked the direct, but uh, afterwards I was thinking um Salt Lake is uh, a hub to some of the other cities. So if you're only going for two nights, you have what you wear on, you can have what you wear tomorrow or the next day, and then you could even, you know, rewear the pants and just need a different shirt, something like that. So you, you, you aren't checking bags, right? So you could do a carryover flight, like to say Phoenix or Las Vegas, which is half the price. Um, I think my flight was 600 round trip. And they're like 350 round trip. So you just get off at Salt Lake and don't get on the connecting flight. And then on, it's the works the same way. You just get on your new flight uh, back from Salt Lake. Oh, yeah. What's that called? I know there's like a whole subreddit devoted to finding those deals, right? I don't know the, na the name of it, but I, I used to do that a lot because um, like flying to Cincinnati was difficult. Um, so like price-wise back in the day. So I, I, I've done that a couple of times, but, um, yeah, the best way is obviously to buy early. Um, the other way is when you search your flights, they usually track your cookies mm -hmm. and I've, I've done it before and, and yeah. seen that they do raise the price. So I usually use Google flights to start and then, um, do it in incognito mode, <laughs> uh, because nice. yeah because if you look if you click on a flight then that flight will be more expensive next time you look at it yeah for anyone who is downloading etcg live with a vpn i don't recommend it but you can also use that vpn for uh flights apparently <laughs> <laughs> so uh lock what about you um i don't know i'm not really <laughs> i don't really know any of this the top tier secret <laughs> plans. So 
And actually, I haven't even booked my ticket yet. So, because uh, I'm also, I'm also, so I, I'm actually taking a road trip after Salt Lake to go to uh, Idaho and just road trip through Idaho, and then come back from like Boise, and one not to find a flight that goes from one of the three airports in my town there, and then get the right airport back. <laughs> so, I forgot because you're in the D.C. area, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's like, I remember flying out to Worlds and it was like, what am I supposed to, why are there so many options to fly into? That's something I take for granted up at SeaTech. Uh, my big thing, and if they want to sponsor us, I'm all for it, but uh, I use Hopper, the app, H-O-P-P-E-R. They track all the flights. They tell me based off historical stuff of like, oh, this is a good price or, oh, it should go down typically. And so you just set up alerts for every single regional and then they're just like, hey, this is really cheap. Or if there's suddenly a price drop for no good reason, or there's probably a good reason, but for random price drop to like Indianapolis or whatever, they're like, Hey, this flight's only $200 right now. You should book it now. And so I'm a big fan of Hopper, the app, because it's worked so far. I think every flight I've gone to has been fine. Like they've always given me what I would call a pretty solid deal based off of everyone else. I talk to from locals who pays for whatever they pay for. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of some sort of tracking app, although what Boo said, I've also heard that before. If you use Google Flights, be sure to, or potentially other ones too, be sure to use some incognito mode or whatever so they don't track your cookies so they don't be like, oh, this person knows the flights are like $500. I'm going to keep them around there because they get a cut of that. So yeah, you fly in, you're good. Uh, what are you packing? Um, well, that, that, that brings a second question, I guess, um, as far as clothes, like what's the optimal Saturday outfit? Uh, I looked at the weather. I mean, obviously the weather won't be a big deal if you're going to be in a convention center the whole day, it's going to be upper fifties, uh, average at the time. So, uh, not bad, but what's, what's the optimal outfit for sitting, playing cards for an entire day? That's actually one of those things that like, I never <laughs> thought of until you worded it that way and it's like i guess there is an optimal clothing um i definitely am just a fan of like jeans and a shirt or maybe jeans and a light jacket depending on if 50 degrees is cold to you or not and also depends like are you driving or are you taking uber or are you walking to the convention center that's a really important like where's the hotel at because if you have to walk there you better pack something to stay warm <laughs> like 50 degrees is fine but in the morning that's probably like 40 or something like that right and so you will yeah. be cold and you will hate everything and starting your day angry i mean that might actually work for you but in a card <laughs> game that's probably not the move <laughs> so i'll definitely just be in jeans and a t-shirt maybe i'll get some merch by then probably not that'd be the dream though does it typically get hot you know that many bodies in a convention center or is that just random depending on the the regional I don't think I've ever been to a convention or like a regional that isn't just like generic room temperature. I don't know. Have you yeah. locked? The ACs are pretty cranking during regionals. So yeah, I don't think I've ever had that problem. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things where dress warmer rather than not as a just in case. Because you can always yeah. take the jacket also, and the hoodie yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, wear something with a zipper. Or you do the thing, all right, hear me out. Anyone anyone else who like lifts, right? You start with the hoodie on and then you win game one and then you take take the hoodie off <laughs> to show off the guns and then you're up a game and now your opponent is physically intimidated. 
and you're like guaranteed to win the next game that's that's the recommendation <laughs> you, you put it back on if you lose no then you just start doing push-ups in between <laughs> okay <laughs> now uh this is a question um should you shower <laughs> <laughs> and wear deodorant i'm just uh just curious I ranted about this in one of the other pods, but I would bring extra deodorant. Literally everyone. You're going to have... Who was it? It was Mahone was the one saying like, oh, it's that sweaty nerd sweat that smells really bad. Uh, that's an actual type of sweat. It's the stress response <laughs> that you're getting from being in these games, these high leverage situations, a lot of thinking, stuff like that. So you will have that like, not like drenched in sweat, but you'll have that like smelly sweat. For sure, that like stress sweat, not the other one. And so I would always bring extra deodorant. But make sure it's the like stick deodorant so it doesn't get confiscated by a TSA. Good call. That's true. Yeah, Yeah, that's another thing. Like you have to figure out what are you packing based off of. Are you checking a bag or are you doing a carry on? I'm always team carry on, but that's because I arrive at 10 p.m. and I just want to go get an Uber and go to the hotel. Also saves money. Um, what else? Oh, I guess in this regional, you have to wear a mask, right? And you have to wear specific types of masks. So make sure that you look at the TPCIA regulations for what it is, the N95, the surgical math, uh, double layered something. There's, I don't know. I, I just have the N95, so I haven't worried about the rest of them. But make sure you double check that and bring extra masks because yep. according to them, they will just not let you in. And that seems like a, you know, you go to lunch, it gets snatched off your face if someone robs you, you try and go back to the regional, and you can't get in for the rest of the day. That's just not not good. So always bring an extra one of those, or maybe a couple. Even if you don't think your breath stinks, or like if you brush your teeth, but you're going to have to wear a mask <laughs> on the flight. And from my experience, uh, I have traveled a couple times throughout the last two years. Um, that mask, the next time you put it on, if you're wearing it for two, three hours straight, it will smell very bad. Um, and you'll have to smell that the duration of the time you're wearing that. So bring extras. Um, probably for Saturday, you're going to want to swap a couple of times just because you're going to be mouth breathing under there. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get gross, trust me. To go off of that, too, is like a general skincare recommendation, especially for our uh, younger listeners. Uh, you will have breakouts if you wear the same mask for too long because it's going to sweat in the same spot. All the oil is going to accumulate in the same spot. There's a lot of moisture because that's that's supposed to happen. Your breath is supposed to have, you know, water vapor in it, but the moisture builds up. And so stuff can grow on there. You're going to have increased risk of acne, blackheads, etc. So that's another really good reason to switch some masks out in between the days. Or in between the day, not the day. Well, you should do that, too. In between day one and day two. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, I guess, get into some more questions from chat, even though we've gotten to a few of them. But there's a bunch in here. Wait, I do want to bring up one, one other thing. Yeah. I don't think it'll apply this year at all. But um, in the previous years, you're supposed to, like, pre-register early for every regional for, like, a discount. But I doubt it's going to happen this year with all the registrations going up, but pretty late. So, oh, that's actually a really good point, though, because every year there's people who are like, "Why is it eighty dollars to register?" 
And it's like, I registered for 40 a while ago. Like, I don't know why y'all waited that long. Like, it's literally half the price or almost half the price to register early. So if you know you're going to a regional, just register early. Don't wait to the last minute. Pay more money. And then you're going to complain. And most of us are going to say, I don't care. That is your fault. <laughs> like, you're just paying extra money for no good reason. So there's some meta questions in here, but then there's also some regional logistical ones. So I guess we'll go in between the two of them. So, oh, and as a preface, we should have said this earlier. We're all going to Salt Lake City, correct? Yep. Yeah. Cool. Where are you guys staying? I don't know. I have, a, I have someone who's getting <laughs> a room for me. <laughs> yeah. And usually I get my hotels on like Priceline for like, a fourth of the price that I'm paying Boo. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Boo, Boo is like pretty <laughs> money bags, <laughs> monocle wearing a uh, comfort guy. So, uh, you know, uh, I guess I'm paying like quadruple what I'd usually pay. I don't think that's like, that's not the case. <laughs> oh, wait, that's another really good point, though. Know who you're rooming with. Always rooming with someone is great. You should definitely do it. It's more fun. It's cheaper. But uh, figure out if the person you're rooming with wants to stay at the cheapest place or the most expensive place. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> you don't want to get dragged into something you don't want to do. I've stayed at some very, very janky hotels before. <laughs> very cheap. I have paid less than $40 for a weekend because of the way that we split it up. But also, I, I was afraid I would wake up in a bathtub full of ice missing a kidney. I didn't, so that was good. That was a plus. Oh yeah, my apartment is eight hundred and ninety square feet, and the room that we have is thirteen fifty. <laughs> All right, bro, lock out here bragging about his giant apartment. Mine's like seven hundred square feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need a uh, you need a you know a fridge. Uh, <laughs> a table's nice, you know to to make your deck or sleeve your deck up at you know no i show up uh, with 60 cards i ain't sleeving nothing it's ready re-sleeve re it for day two. Oh, that's true oh uh, the point the point is that uh the the hotel we got is double the size of uh me and those <laughs> <laughs> let's really quickly yeah. though mention that one too bring extra sleeves if and when you make day two uh, yeah, you can always just you can always just buy it from a vendor, but you'll be paying 10 bucks full price down. Yes. I mean, which isn't the worst thing in the world, but if you can get them cheaper, and I assume most people can, bring the extra sleeves. Always bring your extra sleeves, too. They come in boxes of 100. You have a 60-card deck. The extra 40 are there for a reason. You will probably break a sleeve, or you'll have those opponents who will break your sleeves when they shuffle your deck. It's just... I've never yeah, understood I'm, it, but there are people who do that all the time. If they riffle shuffle, they at least won't break the sleeve. They'll bend yeah. my $1 professor research, <laughs> yeah. but I, I don't want to break your sleeves, bro. I've got a riffle shuffle. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, I guess shuffling etiquette, I don't know. We're not going to get into that. But yeah, someone will break your sleeves, whether it's you or whether it's one of your opponents or something like that. So bring those extra sleeves from the same box. I love Dragon Shields. They don't sponsor me. Dragon Shields, if you want to sponsor me, hit me up. But uh, they are quality control between box to box isn't perfect. 
if I take a box from like two years ago and a box from this year, and I put the cards next to each other, one will be noticeably larger than the other. The deck checks for anyone who's gone to cups and not regionals deck checks at regionals are way more intense than they are at a league cup. I've had league cups. The deck check is just like, yep, those are the cards. Here you go. Five minutes. Deck check at a regional, I've seen them look at every single thing. They're looking at, oh, you've got a four of here. Let's make sure. Oh, this one's slightly different. You know, let's look at the one ofs extra closely. Like, it's it's a big difference. It's a big difference in what you might be used to. <laughs> so yeah, plan um, that for day two. If you're you going to make prepare your, do you prepare your deck list beforehand? Like, do you write it or do you write it out there? Well, you submit it on your phone. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, this oh. should all be done through RK9. Yeah. Which yeah. if no one's ever... Well, at, least, at least Salt Lake City is going to be through RK9. I hope the rest of them are. RK9 is so much better than the rest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they will not use Play Limitless ever. That would be the dream. RK9 is like slightly jankier than the Play Limitless website, but also very, very good still. All right. First question from chat. Get Wrecked asks, do you think Rapid Strike Urshifu is good next set? Mew gets better, Duraludon gets better, and it can't really afford to play multiple boss for Manaphy. So thoughts on Rapid Strike? Maybe. Maybe gets better, or maybe it's okay. I think it's fine. I, um, the meta champ still, right? Does that work? Put two damage counters? Yep. So, you know, you still have that with the pings. Um, I think it's alright. Yeah, I'm... Yeah, if... It's fine. Uh, it's still going to have a really bad matchup against Mew, though, so... Yeah, and that's... Mew is the BDIF. Play Mew or beat Mew. Uh, we did have at our Brilliant Stars legal... Or Proxies legal tournament. 23 people, which isn't the best sample size, but also half the room played Mew, and two Rapid Strike Urshifu Moltres made top cut. And so that's... That's one of those things, like... As a small tournament... But also, just given the meta and the fact that both people who played Rapid Strike made top cut is like a really interesting, like, maybe it's not bad. Because now you add the Finion, right? Or Luminion. Luminion. And so you can play the version that's got like the Ultra Balls and stuff. So maybe it's fine. I don't know. Maybe it's awful. But we'll figure that out when we actually get to test. Zand asks, what deck benefits the most from Brilliant Starts coming out and why is it Mew? Do either of you have an opinion on Mew or not Mew? Uh, I don't think it benefits the most, because like, uh, if you look at any other deck, like they might increase their like power level by like whatever, like 50% or whatever, but Mew's only increasing the, its power level by like 5%. The issue is that Muse power level is like an S tier going to another S tier, so that's why people think it's getting the most improvement, but it's really not. But <laughs> I mean, anything that can use the uh, the double turbo energy, you know, becomes a better deck instantly. Um, and then Arceus can fit in everything. I mean, you see it in a deck that doesn't need it with the Ice Rider. Um, but and now you're seeing Leon and the belt, so that that can start to pop off a little bit more now. Other than that, I don't know. I think it. it I was looking at lists earlier, and it just looks like all the same stuff, basically. Uh, yeah. 
just with Arceus in it. Yeah, I think every deck is going to get better. I think Mew does get the most betterest because Ultra Ball in that deck is disgusting. Like, I definitely watched someone Fusion Strike system for two cards into two Ultra Balls, get rid of their whole hand, and then draw six new cards. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it's so gross. But yeah, uh, every deck gets better. I really like this set from a standpoint of the good decks stay good. You do not have to go out and buy new shiny cards. You can. Arceus is very, very good, of course. But you can play a lot of decks that currently exist just with some of the new uncommons like Ultra Ball, Choice Belt, Manaphy, etc. I guess Manaphy's a rare, but same, same idea, right? So I'm a big fan of that. From a, instead of, oh, you have to go buy a 4 4 Eternatus line and four Crobats or the Mew line and Genesex and go drop $180 on. Actually, $180 would have been a low ball for that. <laughs> but you, <laughs> you get the idea. You can just be like, I'm going to play Suicune again. I'm just going to go get a couple choice belts and a Manaphy and I'm good to go. And you can very well win a regional <laughs> with a deck that is only a couple brilliant stars cards because of how powerful they are. The Gaming Hunter asks. What are the top decks going into regionals, both single prize and multi prize? Hmm. Uh, Is that for like, I guess Salt Lake City next? would be the, or in yeah. Brisbane, I guess. We do have Australian listeners. Okay. Yeah. I'd say off of my limited testing and limited watching, Mew and probably the Dark Box for single prizers, just because it has a good Mew matchup. <laughs> I don't know. Do you either of you have a different thought? Uh, I was, I was going the same way because uh, I was thinking about playing the uh, single prize, uh, single strike stuff. <laughs> oh, so you're not on the Hoopa Moltres. You're on the Saviper, Morpico, Stone Journey. Yeah, I, I'm interested. I'm actually interested. You might be 100 percent correct on that one, being the like best single prize deck. This is it hits Arceus for weakness. And it hits Mew for weakness. And there's a very good chance those are the only two decks that exist. <laughs> or the only two there's tier a, one decks. And there's Bayonet too, right? Yeah, put Bayonet in there. Sure. What's the Bayonet do? It's that like old Frostlass. Like, oh. you do up to like 70 damage to yourself and it does double back to it. That's right. That's right. Your yeah. Okay. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, so those those have to be the first ones you test, right? Like, I don't think there's any other options besides Dark for single prizers. I mean, there is, like, Rapid Strike Malamar could be a good deck. Uh, other multi-prizers. I'm a big fan of Arceus Duraludon, although I know a lot of people think Duraludon is a bad meme. Sure, that's fine. Think that. And then you can not tech for it and lose. Cool. Uh, Arceus Ice Rider is definitely a good deck. Multi-prizer Suicune is a good deck. There's There's a lot. It's really hard to say without having tested more than a handful of games in the format. Ooh, not Snapdragon has a really good question that are slightly rephrased. So their question is, is there any reason to not bring Mew VMAX to regionals? And I guess the question can be shaped as, is there any reason not to bring what is very clearly the BDIF to a regional? So Locke, you've been around for a while. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I guess it'd be more about if it's the first regional format versus the last regional format. Uh, if it's the first regional format, then like, just bring your best deck and 
just run with it. Because <laughs> like not not too many people will know every single nuance of every single matchup. So the less mistakes you're making, um, the better you'll do. Compared to like the last regional, where everybody's going to be making like half the misplays that they would have made couple two months ago. That's a really good point, yeah. And I mean, you felt it in yourself, not you law, well, probably you two, but like literally everyone listen to this, right? Like at the end of a format, you know the flow chart for every single matchup. And so coming in with Mu VMAX is probably less powerful because it's like, well, I know exactly how this is supposed to go. Every one of your opponents is going to know how this matchup is supposed to go. Versus like you said in the beginning, people don't know a lot of things. There might be suboptimal lists. We'll see this set it doesn't seem like there's really new archetypes, so I think most people are going to be on about the same 60s. But yeah, you just won't know every matchup. Every player won't know everything, so you might have that opportunity to take advantage of that. Chimic Man asks, What decks do you choose if you have to play with Brilliant Stars and not Mew? I'm a big I already said my answer. It's a yeah. single strike. And I'm single prize dark. The Moltres Hoopa. Cut the Weezing, I think. I think the Weezing is no longer necessary because it was there. It was the only way you beat Jolteon, and now you play a Manaphy in it. And then I'm a big fan of Zapdos as a concept. The Zapdos V. Because that lets you Oko Arceus. And otherwise, a 280 HP two prize Pokemon is very bad for Hoopa Moltres to deal with. Because you can Sableye a three-prizer and be ahead on the prize trade. You can't Sableye a two-prizer and be ahead on the prize trade. So I'm a big fan of that deck. I'm If you've seen my streams ever, you know that I play it all the time. So yeah, I'm that would be my deck. That isn't Mew that I would play. Boo? Um, I grabbed some cards today just to uh, start thinking about that. I grabbed Duraludons out. Um... A Suicune, Ice Rider, uh, and Gengar. So something, something, Arceus, and a friend. That's another very valid. I don't have Mew, but I have Arceus. We're good to go. I do think Suicune's really cool. Watching <laughs> watching uh, Drew play at the tabletop tournament, which is on stream. Check out twitch.tv slash mellow underscore Magikarp to go back to watch the VOD. It was just so cool watching the plays that you can make with that deck with multiple Raihans and the choice belt and the Ludicolo. Like at one point he was able to Oko, not Oko because it had damaged itself, right? But he was able to KO a Gengar V with a Manaphy powered up from a Ludicolo. <laughs> and it's just like the amount of plays with that deck is so cool. It just shows the power level of it. I would not recommend using Manaphy as an attacker most of the time, but it can hit 120, 150 with the choice belt. Jeroxable <laughs> asks, what do you do if you don't make day two, but the hotel flights have been booked to go home after the weekend? So normally there's a League Cup. That will not be happening, probably. There's a chance where it's like some special event or something like that, but normally there's a league cup now there's not going to be a league cup so what what are some other things that you can lock what are some things that uh you've done in the past on day two um well i heard there's a pretty good uh zoo at salt lake so i might go there <laughs> yo you're gonna um, sightsee 
Oh, he's <laughs> he's going on a road trip. Yeah. That's what he's the whole purpose. Just a little Pokemon in the net. The real purpose is to sightsee. Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of burgers too. Yeah. Oh, wait, do you know the burger place in Salt Lake for after Saturday? That's your homework um, assignment, Locke. It's probably going to be Crown Burger because uh, it's a uh, it's like a pastrami on a burger, and it's like it's what Salt Lake City is like known for. Hmm. I'm gonna trust you and just say I'm gonna go. I'm down, but I'm slightly hesitant about the pastrami. What you don't like pastrami? It's like it's fine. Not a huge fan. It's like very low on my meat tier list. I love meat. But uh <laughs> I don't know. Um I booked my flights at like one o'clock on Sunday. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh so you can kinda get the picture there. Um I mean obviously if I make it to day two for starters, um that'd be great. I'll just move my flight back. But I could still drop, I guess. If it if it's not looking good, you know? I mean that's true. If you drop, you still get the placement that you would have gotten, whether it's thirty two, sixty four, yep. et cetera. Yeah. So yeah, and, and I've got it's it's free change, so um that's not an issue. It's it's not refundable. Uh it was that was like a hundred dollars more going back to the flights. Um but when I was thinking about it, it's like, well, I'm still planning on going to three other regionals at least uh so i can just change it to indianapolis or whatever we do have another vote for crown burger in the chat so that's 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 a good endorsement for anyone that's the meetup for after saturday i'll, I'll give you i'll give you the full story about the place uh oh. off stream let's go okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh for me, some of the stuff day two, I mean, not Salt Lake specific, but the best thing I've ever done was Anaheim Regionals. I lost my win into day two, which was literally the best of both worlds because I still got top 64 and I got to go to Disneyland on Sunday. 10 out of 10. That was a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, Dallas Regionals, which is the last one I went to 2020. We played retro the day of or sorry, the Sunday of. Which is another one where it's like, I'm glad that I missed day two. Like that expanded format was miserable. And so I was like, okay, I did fine. I went five, two, two. I had a good day one. And now I get to play retro with my homies. And so that's another option. For those of you that are like, I don't want to go sightsee, you can go back to the venue, probably. COVID rules, maybe not. And uh, maybe they'll have stuff. Like they had the decks for us. We had to pay $5 to rent them, but it was like, here you go. And then we just played some old school games, which was a heck of a lot of fun. So I'm hoping they have something like that again. If not, I don't know. I'm going to ask around from some of the Washington locals to see if they're going to have stuff. But also, I'm just going to make day two. So I won't have to worry about it. But I'll, I'll Plus, have a like, backup. All your, all, all your friends are going to be there. If, <laughs> if it's like, like kind of close to you, all your friends will be there at the venue on day two. So you can just show your friends. That is true. That is true. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's always something to do. Cube is another one. Yes, if someone brings a cube. That is also something you can find. And if you're like, I've never done that before. I've never met someone who runs a cube who doesn't want more people to play with them. I mean, obviously more within reason, right? You can't have like a million. But like, if you see people doing that or you hear about something on like a Verbank City Facebook group or on Twitter or you want to tweet out, and you're like, oh, is anything like this happening? Even if you've never done it before, 
people will invite you in. People want to play Pokemon. People worked really hard on their cube and they want you to play their cube and tell you how fun it was. So yeah, definitely do it. <laughs> I don't know anybody who uh, owns a cube who doesn't bring it with them everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> also true. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's on Sunday, hi, that is a good suggestion too. Cubing is very fun. And oh, also, normally they have old school Nintendo 64s and GameCube set up. With a bunch of the old Pokemon yep. games. Oh, I love that stuff. I will beat anyone at Pokemon Stadium 1 minigames for hours. I love those things so much. <laughs> Skilled at Luck asks, For people coming from other competitive games, how do regional compare to other game events? Compare and contrast to Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic the Gathering if you have any history in those. Locke, I think this is question is up your alley. How does a regional compare to other competitive events? I've never been to a Yu-Gi-Oh! or a Magic regional type event, so I can't really say. Um, Not even like, least, but you've been to like board games and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I guess in competitive board games, uh, everything's already like scheduled out, so like you know what events you want to go to every hour um and like smash bros yeah you, you kind of have to like look at like a giant chart to see when you're playing and go to like that specific group of tvs to go to your bracket but everything will be on your phone for uh pokemon regional so you just look up a well one download a qr reader app and then then the, actually, the actual app itself kind of sucks. So I'd always copy the the URL after that from the QR app and then put it into like your main browser, like Safari or Chrome or whatever on your phone. Then look at your uh, match table and it'll tell you what table to go to. So, Senior Doom asks, what is the best breakfast bar to bring to regional, i.e. Pop-Tart, Nutrigain, or other ones I don't remember? So what are your thoughts on snacks in your bag? Whatever ones you steal from the hotel. <laughs> I mean, I guess if we're staying at a nice hotel, they have to have breakfast, right, Boo? I would think so. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I I haven't done yeah, I haven't done much, <laughs> much cuisine scouting yet, but yeah, I'll uh I'll figure that out. I'm sure there I mean, it's in the heart of downtown, so there's gotta be places all over anyways. Uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, I think yeah. of oh, uh, usually at the expensive hotels, you don't get free breakfast. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not free. Well, dang. Uh, always do <laughs> you bring some sort of breakfast or snack or something. Just uh, go to the gr uh, gas station and get a tub of cottage cheese. You'll be fine, Mello. <laughs> Maybe we'll consider that one. <laughs> I will, there has to be a, a CVS or something like that. You can go in the morning or whatever. Hopefully. <laughs> I have shoved a lot of Denny's breakfast down my throat right before um, regionals. <laughs> you gotta do what you gotta do. Even if it's gross stuff like eggs and bacon. But yeah, I always have multiple <laughs> protein bars in my backpack. Specifically for the I need to snack in between rounds, stuff like that. And because occasionally the lunch break isn't enough time to actually get lunch. 
they give you an hour, which is enough time to walk somewhere and then walk back without ordering anything. <laughs> so always plan for that too. Um, this one has designated eating areas, right? Correct. Yeah, because um, of the uh, COVID rules. So I think also going back to um, what you do on Friday, I'll probably you know scout out other than picking up the bag, scout out where everything's at, bathrooms, eating area. You know, all of that stuff just to have that already ready to go instead of figuring it all out when there's a thousand people there the next day. That seems like a very smart move. Peter M asks, how many penalties do you expect the first regionals to have? I think most people are going to know how to use Marnie just because it's been out long enough and I think enough people have gone to locals. But also, probably a few. I could see double supporter happens a lot because people forget that boss is a supporter sometimes. So I see, I've seen a handful of people like Marnie into boss and then try and boss. And it's like, no, like draw supporter and other supporter are still support, right? And so there's probably going to be a handful, but uh, not, not as many as I think a lot of people are talking about. I don't know. Do you two have yeah, thoughts? Depends on how many new people there are. You know, a lot of people are just online only, and this will be the first exposure to IRL, maybe at all, totally. Yep. <laughs> True. But yeah. Uh, I guess in that situation, yeah, probably some, because there will be people who don't have locals and do that. But I think for sure, I don't know. Read Marnie, and then practice Marnie on your own. You will be upset if you get a game loss because of a Marnie, I promise. Like, that will tilt you for the rest of the day, and then everything's going to get worse from there. Or you could play Mew and don't have to worry about your Marnie. So half of it, half the opportunities <laughs> are, are mitigated doing that. Grammar Time you... asks, is it okay to tap your Pokemon when you use abilities? Which we kind of already addressed, but yeah, you can tap them as in, like, you're slightly moving them to indicate this Genesect has used Fusion Strike systems and the rest haven't because it's at a 45 degree angle. So yes, totally fine. Recommended. All that good stuff. <laughs> Gosh dang it, Soda. <laughs> Not Snapdragon asks, what shuffling method is recommended while playing? How do you shuffle your deck? I'd say whatever you're most comfortable with. I'd do that stacking or whatever, whatever it's called <laughs> don't What's tell the... people you stack <laughs> what <laughs> yeah, just... tablet's always on top um <laughs> what is that mass shuffling i'm a big fan of mass shuffling but yeah whatever yeah. whatever you are confident with is the most important part you should be able to shuffle very well like you should just be able to shuffle like it's second nature like i'm shuffling as i'm doing this podcast just like with no problems at all which is I'd highly recommend if you work in a work meeting, bring a deck and just sit there and shuffle it and just it should be second nature. You should be thinking while you're shuffling. So whatever version you're best at and you cannot think about, do that version. They're your cards. You can damage them if you want to. And if you're like, I don't damage them. Cool. Then you're fine and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to tell everyone on Twitter. And at least if you're at a regional you're most likely using brand new sleeves anyway, and there'll be and they'll be a little bit easier to shuffle so than older sleeves and a little slippery and, sometimes. 
So be careful. Yeah, super slippery. And and that's why, like, too, like, when I take cards, I take, like, half the deck and pull them off, like, draw seven. Because, like, if you pull, I think, was that Stefan who did it? He pulled and the card flipped over? I don't, maybe, was but I don't a, know that one. I think it was, I think it was a, a um, Oceana, maybe. I don't, I don't remember. You got a penalty one time. And I was like, okay, I'm always going to grab more than the cards I'm drawing and lay them down. Oh yeah, I remember that rule changed in the rule book. I not really agree with that, but <laughs> fun thing about the rules is you don't have to agree with them. You still gotta follow them. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> That's the man who says <laughs> I stack shuffle. <laughs> yeah, docile Charizard asks. Okay. Uh, wait, going back to the, the stack thing for the people listening on audio only. What Grant really meant to say it was like more like a waterfall type yeah. mash. Yes, it didn't actually yeah. mean. <laughs> yeah. Although I'd still I mean, kind of stack physically. It yeah, I was physically stacking the two on top of each other <laughs> like that, and then they fall in. Oh, off of that pile shuffling, which means putting your cards into six stacks of tens to prove you know how to count. Do not do that in between games. In between rounds, sure. If you sit down for the start of round three and you have to make sure you have 60 cards, good for you. You got to prove you know how to count, right? But in between games one and two, you're literally just wasting time. You're not shuffling anything. You're just putting them out there and don't do that. Don't match your opponent too. If your opponent wins game one and they start pile shuffling, don't pile shuffle too because then they're just going to take longer to potentially win on a 1-0. So yeah. don't, don't get manipulated by that either. You don't have to count. The cards are there. They should be there. If they're not there, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how you lose in between games. In between rounds, sure. And there's okay. the exception. What if my, my, my <laughs> opponent have the same sleeves? Okay, sure. But assuming that doesn't happen, which will rarely happen, don't bother with uh, pile shuffling in between individual games. See, most of the time your opponents are actually just doing that just to manipulate the top, the clock just because they won game one. Yes. So, uh, even if I win game one, I, I would just never do that. I, I want to win up like as honorably as I can. So, Yeah, I'm the same. I will not manipulate clocks, but uh, I know plenty of people who will. <laughs> Docile Charizard asks, one prizers have always been my favorite in these heavy prize Pokemon for I kill you fast formats. Do they have a chance past Brilliant Stars, or are we still VMAX people living in a VMAX world? So we talked about a couple, but do you think there's other hope for other single prizers, or is it just the anti-Mew single prizers are the only ones that are going to survive? Well, if the question is like in like May or whatever, there's going to be more V stars and V stars intrinsically beats v maxes and then your single prizes could beat v stars so yeah yeah 260 is a lot easier to hit than 320 like a lot easier i mean there, uh well, we didn't talk about like charizard uh basic seems pretty good you know the leonzard uh, leonzard yeah seems like it has you know potential with ultra ball being back that's definitely and, that can and do, the that belt can big damage. and belt. Yeah, that can do a lot of damage. It's also stage two. 
it's a single price. There's not base picks. That's true. Yeah, I think Rapid Strike Mali can exist. I actually think Leonzard can exist. Reggie Drago potentially because it can hit 270, which is pretty good. And so that's I don't know. I think there's a lot of single prizers that can exist. The question is, will they exist or not? And I think it's just a matter of if people want to put time into them or not. A lot of single prize decks require good deck builders and good players. And the good deck builders decide, I'm going to break Mu V max, then single prize decks are going to struggle a bit. All right, finally, Soda asked a question we can answer. So Mr. Soda King asks, what decks are you going to play for SLC colon close parentheses? So do you have any initial thoughts on Grant is holding up a Mu V Max? I mean, why fight it? Just <laughs> <laughs> practice the mirror. You're, oh gosh. I mean there there are some intricacies to the mirror. They're not hard, but you do have to know them. Because if you don't know them, you will lose the mirror. We built my team challenge deck for the mirror, and I lost the mirror in the finals. <laughs> how unfortunate yeah yep. so so that happened lock what about you uh as of right now i'm i'm like 80 percent sure i'm bringing a single strike the baby to, uh, or the big yeah yeah, yeah. the small one okay that's on my list to test for sure but if if slc were like tomorrow i'd be bringing the moltres hoopa deck i just know it better than everything else and at, at this point, that's what I would do, right? Like, you just have to play the deck you know. But I'm like 90% sure I'm going to play something different. I just have to play the other decks. Suicune's on the list. Mew is on the list. Duraludon's on the list. Um, what else is on the list? Oh, the single prize, single strike is on the list as well. So there, there's like a lot of options that are quite good. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and what? Yeah, Salt Lake is, is four and weeks away, too. That, that's also true. Yeah. Yeah. Whole set and multiple weeks away. Frank White asks, so if not playing the absolute BDIF, would you play the counter to it and win that mirror match, or would you ever counter the counter? That's I don't, I don't at this point you don't counter the counter because that's just falling back into losing the Mew, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. the first regional, I would agree with that. Like countering the counter seems incorrect currently with that said it did have it worked once and expanded and i'll always pull this one out where pikaram was by far the bdif trevenant was dead because trevenant could not beat pikaram at all and somehow one pikaram made day two out of 400 people which was by far the most played deck and then Trevenant won because the only decks that made day two were anti Pikaram decks. Now you may say, how did that person make it to day two? It's piloted by Jimmy Pendarvis, one of the best players of all time. So that makes a very big difference. But uh, countering the counter is a very sketchy move because you got to get a little lucky because his testing partners, I know, remember one of them went like 03 drop, right? Because he hit Pikaroms. And so it's like, if you're going to counter the counter, you have to be prepared to just go 3 drop and be sad. Because <laughs> that will happen sometimes. Yeah, I think the the better route is like something Locke's looking at, which has 
two potentially three typings um or like the birds you can play moltres and zapdos so now you have two coverages and maybe like hoopa and something else like that so you're covering a, a lot of different ground versus just a straight counter to something yeah you're like even if mel is playing zapdos he has zapdos for an rcs decks and he has all the dark stuff against Mew decks so right yep and then you have the sableye against the like and literally any other three prizer, right? Like someone sh shows up with quad Victini or whatever, and you're like, oh, this is fine. I have single prizes you can't KO, and yeah. So there's counter to counter, and then there's like a counter that has plays against other stuff. And I would lean towards the second one, the counter that has plays to other stuff, just the powerful counter decks. Or just play the BDIF. Sometimes that's just the move, right? Like... Every once in a while, you'll see, like what, DDG, the big testing group with Azul and everyone, they showed up with uh, Reshizard. Reshizard was by far the BDIF. Everyone's like, oh, what counter deck are they going to play? And they just brought Reshizard, and they dominated the tournament with it because it was that much better than everything else. Sometimes you just play the best deck because you're like, if this is good, I'm just going to play the thing that's really good and beat everyone with it because deck is good and I'm better than they are. So you you gotta you gotta make those choices. I can't answer that for you. One last question. Chim McMahon asks, what are your predictions for top three most played decks at Salt Lake City? So a little yeah. early, but yeah. <laughs> I think Mew is by far the number one most played deck. I think that is a given. Um yeah, I, I, th I think if you if you count RCS and and RCS plus blank. Yeah. I think you, that would actually even beat Mew. Probably. Just because there's going to be like 20 different versions of it now. So. There will be more decks with RCS than decks with Mew, yeah. That's probably uh, completely true, yeah. Because even like something okay. like Suicune, you play a 1-1 one, one Arceus in there sometimes. or It's yeah. just the consistency engine is too good. Yeah. I mean, maybe Gengar... It's not going to look much different than what, what it is right now. I mean, Jolteon and, and Rapid Strike will probably take a dip unless it's the Rapid Strike Moltres. Yeah, that, I'd that probably makes... say replace replace Jolteon as the second best deck right now and input either Duralon or Rapid Strike there in that spot as the number three spot now. Yeah, I don't think any new archetypes going to, like the Raichu... Um... Or I mean maybe maybe Suicune the the dogs box with Entei and um whatever the other one is. I don't think that would show up at the first right. regional just because I think that's a deck that someone needs to crack and no one's gonna crack. Well correct, not no one's gonna crack it, but no one's gonna openly crack that type of deck if it's that good. That definitely feels like a a testing group puts in a lot of hours as opposed to a tricky gym puts out a video type of popular deck. So I think um, that, Mew, some sort of single strike as a number two. And yeah. Question mark for number three. The Duraludon's an interesting one, right? Because like playing this version of Duraludon with Arceus, it's faster. It is way faster than the old Duraludon. And the old Duraludon was rarely popular because it's slow. And slow is boring. People just don't play slow decks in large quantities. But this one, 
going turn two, 180 damage, and then attacking for 220 every turn after that is... It, that's just a good deck, let alone yeah. the ability. So I could see that being number three for sure. I could see Ice Rider being number three, because Ice Rider's quite good. Um, I could see the Baby Moltres deck being number three as well, just because people are like so anti-Mew. And if Mew's cut there or Choreo, then it's a heck of a good matchup. Yeah, I don't know the number three. But if you go to youtube.com slash mellow underscore Magikarp, we'll be having a meta discussion once we get closer to the event. And of course, the podcast will be talking about the meta as it starts to shape up. Uh, this was mostly a uh, what to do when you're going to a regional type episode today. Yeah. This oh. was a Brilliant Stars and PTCGL or tomorrow, so... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes more sense to talk about this now, and I think there's a lot of good stuff. There's stuff that I even forgot was important so you know pack that backpack full of good stuff bring extra sleeves bring a snack bring deodorant bring a toothbrush don't bring your full backpack to the regional bring a small drawstring yeah. <laughs> bag <laughs> Ooh, which is another good thing about getting the swag on friday is sometimes they give you drawstring brags ultra pro has given me like six of them now <laughs> Because they sponsor like every regional on the West Coast, at least. So you can often get a drawstring bag from the regional, which is then nice because then that fits everything you need and you don't got to worry about carrying too much stuff. Um, What else? Oh, charger. Bring a portable charger if you have one or a regular charger because there's probably going to be outlets somewhere. But portable charger is optimal because you're getting pairings on your phone. You're going to be Snapchatting or whatever the kids do these days in between rounds. And so you're definitely going to want to charge your phone at some point. Because then after the tournament, you're going to have to order the Uber and figure out where you're going and all that stuff. Everybody's going to be making TikToks and draining their battery. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Any last second thoughts mean, on regional prep? You mean a portable battery, right? Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. That's, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I think my, my big thing is just to have, I'm going to plan everything out. Like, I think I'm going to wear joggers and a hoodie, you know, <laughs> I'm going to know what I'm wearing on the, on the plane and probably just wear that same thing going back. So light travel, um, have everything laid out and plan it ahead. Scout the city. We know, uh, we're going to, what was it called? Burger. Brown burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's taken care of them just figuring out you know um as far as lunch goes probably pre-schedule a uber eats or something i don't know Ooh, that's a good uber. yeah okay, try to a, a lot of regions world was very bad about this but try to find what time you're on lunch break because like sometimes at some of the regions where there was just like one small flyer Telling you when the lunch break, and then then I just missed the entire lunch break just because like, oh, I did not see this small piece of paper on the door somewhere. Yeah, or they'll do an announcement before the rounds, but like people are really bad at shutting up when there's an announcement, and so you don't yeah. actually hear like, <laughs> oh, there's an hour lunch break that starts as soon as you're done with your game, and then you kind of sit around waiting for the next, and then you find out, oh, there was a lunch break, but I've been done for twenty minutes, and it would have been really nice to have gone to get something, you know, stuff like that. So, A, yep. when they're doing an announcement, listen, because they're not doing it for fun, usually. 
some some tos will do them for fun but most of the time they they have a very specific purpose Locke, where can people find you if they want more of you um on twitch.tv slash the lock with an underscore in it grant what about you at real boo ck one word on twitter um i probably need to make a new meme or something to throw on there um <laughs> it's, it's been, been too long yeah and of course, myself, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Mellow underscore Magikarp. Thank you to everyone who has left reviews of the podcast. It helps something about the algorithm. I don't know anything about that, but that's what other content creators say. So I'm going to say what they say. Thank you so much. And this has been another episode of the Lake of Rage podcast. We'll catch you all next week. <laughs>